Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Probably the guy who has caused the most destruction in my life for the last 10 years. Yes, I blame you, Frank Viola. I'm having a little fun here. But it's a good kind of destruction of something that needed to be destroyed, which we'll go into uh, among many other things. Frank Viola, welcome to the studio. Hey, great to be here. <laughs> I, I need to explain, and I will try to do this as briefly as I can so we can jump right into conversation about a number of things that are going on within the realm of Christendom, as it is described. Um, I want to take you back to probably 2008, 2009, I had uh, gone through a couple of very uh, catastrophic church situations, and uh, they were they were just very ugly. In fact, I would um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. There's no other way to put it. I believe it was a significant factor in literally destroying my family. This entire church garbage, and I. Um, Around that time, I picked up a book. In fact, I read it in the wrong order because I read a book called, um, I think it was Reimagining Church was the second one, right? right? That's right. And then I picked up Pagan Christianity. And what I realized is I spent, and for those of you who are not familiar with these books, uh, Pagan Christianity just basically exposes the things that we've been doing for years, 1,700 years thinking that, oh, we're following the Bible. And the reality is we've been following paganism that we've dressed up with Christian symbolism and ideas. Is that pretty much a summation of what you've written? That is correct. We don't talk about Christmas and Easter. We're talking about what you do every Sunday morning when you attend church. (laughs) Most of it's not rooted in scripture, it's rooted in Greco-Roman paganism and other traditions that we picked up. And it's the ritual where most of God's people are passive and they're watching, in effect, a performance. It's a show. It's a show, yeah. And that's not what church was in the first century. It was very vibrant, it was communal, everyone participated, and Jesus Christ was front and center and he was a living being present in and through the believers, not just through the quote-unquote clergy, which is another unbiblical tradition that we expose in the book Pagan Christianity. George Barner was my co-author in that book, by the way. Right, right. And this, uh, I've described this as the red pill. I've had a number of friends compare this to a Matrix-type experience, (laughs) which it really is, that uh, brings you to a place where you have a place of reckoning where you've got to choose, you know, am I going to follow... Uh, the truth, or am I going to continue in traditions just because this is what everybody does? Yeah. It's a crisis. Yeah. One of the things that Jesus said, which is an arresting statement, he was speaking to religious leaders and he said, through your tradition, you nullify, you make void the word of God. And that's what the book, Pagan Christianity, really underlines and puts in bold, is that we have taken traditions, not from scripture, not from Jesus or the apostles, and we have 
basically accepted them and put them on a level higher than the Word of God. But we don't even realize it because right. no one has shown us this. And, and we did this in the book to reveal that we are, in fact, embracing traditions that are unbiblical. And if you're listening to this and you like your Sunday morning church service and you're comfortable and you're content with that, do not read this book. All right, because it wasn't written for you. <laughs> but if you're somebody who says, you know what, there's got to be more than this, or I wonder why we do this for church, then you may want to take a peek at it and <laughs> just be prepared that uh, it may shake you a bit. And you know, the amazing thing is uh, that so much of what we've done has been driven by a sense of obligation. It, you know, if, if you, if it's something that's a real joy that's really in your heart. You don't have to be obligated to do it. That's right. Yep. Religious it, obligation is crushing. Yeah. And it's something that really wears Christians out and really turns the, their spiritual lives off because they're running through something that it's a performance-based reaction. And, and that only lasts so long before you start going sour to God and so forth. And what's amazing about this is once I started getting to the roots and got the layers, and, you know, uh, I've heard this referred to as I've gone through a series of pharisectomies. <laughs> and as you do that, these uh, the essence of who you are in the life of Christ begins to flourish mm -hmm. because all of the trappings of the religious stuff, which is not of God in the first place, mm -hmm. the shackles come off. And mm -hmm. there's a sense of freedom and liberty and there's a, a realm of, of, of living that begins to take shape that you realize this is why I'm here. It's not to be in bondage to this stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, one of the, one of the most outstanding uh, responses to Pagan Christianity, the book, has been you gave us language and given us biblical and historical backing to confirm what we already felt. Right? right, And you've given us green light permission to feel the way we do without feeling like we're doing something wrong by feeling like, well, I'm not really into church. Something, something seems off here, or it's not really meeting my need, or there must be more than this. Now there's freedom that there's another universe when it comes to what the Bible calls ecclesia or church. And it's not you know sitting in a pew for 45 minutes on Sunday morning and listening to someone preach. There's something higher and greater for Christians, and it's our, what I call, it's our natural habitat. It's what we're made for, and that's that face-to-face -face community and sharing life together and ministering to one another. We have a couple of minutes left in this segment, Frank, because I think the immediate reaction, visceral reaction, <laughs> people, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, and that's what you're doing now, Frank. And what, how do you describe what fellowship looks like? It very much maps to what we see in 1 Corinthians 14 in the book of Acts, and that I'm part of a group of believers, a community of believers, where we're in one another's life constantly. We do have meetings where we get together, but they're gatherings, and we come to give, not to get. And we share what the Lord is doing in our own lives. Mutuality. Yeah, mutual edification. In fact, the passage in uh, Hebrews 10 where it says, forsake not the assembling together, where the next verse is edify one another, right. right? Not listen to a sermon, and not that sermons are bad, I'm not saying that, but in the first century, you came to a gathering Everyone was sharing what the Lord had given them. Participation. Absolutely. Mutual participation. And it's a very vibrant thing when everyone is encouraging one another in the Lord. They're all seeking the Lord together, and they come together to bring this outflow of what's been happening internally uh, during the week. And you know, we, we pray together. We, we share life together. We share problems together. And so many Christians are looking for this kind of fellowship 
you know, there's a deep instinct in us. Unfortunately, many don't have it, you know. Many are in the wilderness, so to speak. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit more about that, how to to find that kind of thing. Also, we're going to talk about what's happened with the church in getting pulled into politics and how that is having very destructive effects. Stay with us. Back in the Vince Coakley Radio Program, over on the text line, Vince... How can you discuss pagan Christianity while you worship on the venerable day of the sun? <laughs> uh, another person would just like to know uh, name of books, and, and I recommend Pagan Christianity. Um, the second one is called... Reimagining Church. Reimagining Church. And then Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, That's... which I believe is the most important book for the time in which we live. Now. Absolutely. Uh, check them out. Really good material. We were talking about the subject of fellowship, and the thing that's been the emphasis for me for the last 10 years, Frank, has been learning and being open to those divine appointments and relationships to develop and learning how, uh, as my friend Steve Crosby describes this, Life integration. Mm-hmm. So in other words, our lives are integrated with each other. It's not a matter of, you know, we've spent so much time focusing on the meeting. Mm-hmm. And the meeting is not the main thing. It's mm-hmm. how do we walk together from day to day? Yes, absolutely. What does that look like? Yeah. How do we do that? It begins with being willing to put the interests of Jesus Christ above uh, the typical American lifestyle. Because if you look at the typical American family, we are so busy with life, right? Every single moment is taken up with taking Johnny to soccer practice, uh, you know, having uh, this event, having that event, and then, you know, squeezing church in there and quote unquote the church service. But being willing to say, you know what, God wants me to have fellowship and relationship doing life on life with other believers and i'm willing you know to sacrifice some other things in my life or bring those people into what i'm doing you know and so what it looks like is it's extended family right right you have people who do things with you and you get together and there's a whole lot of eating too vince (laughs) oh yes jesus was a was a specialist in eating in people's homes and so were the early christians (laughs) they were constantly together eating but it looks like extended family and taking care of each other, knowing each other well enough that you know what the needs are, right? Yeah. And, and that doesn't happen in the typical church service. You know, the most fellowship you get is that five minutes where you say, you know, turn over to the person on your left oh and right gosh. and say, praise the Lord. And then it's, you know, to the parking lot, I'm going on my individual lifestyle. So that it begins with a desire and a willingness to have that. That's where it starts. You know, it's important about this. Uh, we're talking with Frank Viola. One of the things that I think we get... Uh, <laughs> We have to come to this understanding. This will lead to another conversation we have later about politics. Part of our problem, many of us are much more American than we are kingdom-oriented. Absolutely. And one of the things, I think, the idols that has to be blown up is this thing of individualism. It is a foreign idea to the kingdom of God, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Individualism. We don't lose our individuality. Right. But when we come to Christ, and this is the first century mindset, the Christian mindset, is we lose our individualism. We think in terms of a we instead of a me, right? Yep. And Americanism, we celebrate the day of independence, you know? So that's in our bloodstream. 
And when you come into contact with a community of believers, a real community, right, that's doing life on life, or you begin one yourself, you lose your individualism, and now it becomes you, you are interdependent on one another. Yes. With the Lord, there is the center working through us, because he works through his body. Yes. It's not just me and Jesus. It's we and Jesus, see? And uh, he speaks through his body. He works through his body. So, yeah, individualism and independence are taking dead aim at by the cross of Christ when we allow him to fill all those areas of our life, and we truly follow him as a disciple. And what happens is, you know, this is him basically breaking down all of the, uh, the vestiges of self, because that's really where, where all of this flourishes, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. our own kingdom that we're in charge of, and, and most uh, in, in where this really manifests itself is in time and in money, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. The two uh, areas that reveal where your heart is, it's not your words, it's not what you profess, it's your wallet and your calendar. How do I spend my time and how do I spend my money? And that reveals where your devotion is, where your allegiance is, and where your, where your uh, heart is. Yeah, that's uh, and it's sobering because uh, if we're healthy, there's an ongoing process where the Spirit of God is revealing to us areas where we need to grow, mm. and we're going to be challenged to grow. And this is where fellowship comes in too, where people are also going to encourage us and challenge us as well. It's it's an important uh, mixture and balance there. I, I, and I've been going through this process the past few years. The Spirit of God has really put you know, in the spotlight, this issue of politics. And I want to talk about this more on the personal side first, because I think for many of us, we have allowed the gospel to be hijacked mm-hmm. by Americanism. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. <laughs> Exclamation point. Bingo, Yahtzee. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Develop that. I-, I want to put you out on a limb rather yeah. than me. Oh, I'll go out of limb and start sawing hard now. <laughs> uh, here's the issue. It's fine if you have a political candidate that you like, if it's fine if you have policies that you stand behind. But what's happened is that Christians, so many Christians, Vince, have basically given their allegiance to a political party or political platform or a political candidate to the point where they will unsheath their swords and draw blood from other Christians with whom they disagree. Yep. All right? And that shows that their allegiance is not to the kingdom of God first, or to Jesus Christ first, or to the body of Christ first. It's to the political system and their views on the political system. Now, I'm on social media, okay? Oh, and I'm gosh. seeing, especially with the impeachment of Donald Trump, I am seeing Facebook frenzies, Twitter tantrums, <laughs> LinkedIn lunacy, where Christians will say things like, if you support Donald Trump, you cannot be a follower of Jesus. Yep. And here's why. And then others on the other end, if you don't support Donald Trump, how can you say you follow Jesus? <laughs> and so <laughs> they're blocking each other. The vitriol is at high watermark levels. And Jesus Christ is left out in the cold. He's either a footnote or he's not even mentioned because people's passion and their hope is tied into the current political system. And the candidates and the platforms and the policies that they hold to, that's where their allegiance is. That's why they become so passionate 
to the point of excommunicating other Christians. And Frank, it doesn't even matter what it is. It, it doesn't matter who it is. It's the fact that there's something else there other than Christ. That's where we get into trouble, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we can say we follow Jesus. He's first in our life all day long. But the real measure of that is when we come into contact with another Christian who we disagree with, either politically or theologically. And how you respond to that reveals if, in fact, you truly have submitted to Christ. Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians, the first three chapters. And what was going on there was it wasn't a political fight. It was a fight over apostles. You know, he had some saying, I'm of Peter. Peter's my man. Others were saying, I'm of Paul. Paul's my man. And Paul basically took dead aim at both groups and said, you know what? You're in your flesh. You are being carnal. You're being selfish. You're dividing from one another. It's like taking a butcher knife to Jesus Christ and chopping him up because the body of Christ is, in fact, an extension of Jesus himself, right? And so when we divide from one another, whether it's theology or doctrine or politics, <laughs> that's a, in effect what we're doing. Yep, that's a very blunt way to put it. We're having a great conversation here with Frank Viola, and we're going to touch on a little bit more about this and how we can transcend this. Stay with us. And we're having a conversation with Frank Viola. We started off talking about uh, some of the earlier books pagan Christianity among them. We've talked some about uh, allegiance and loyalty, the kingdom of God versus our preoccupation with the kingdoms of this world. And uh, one of the other areas that, that I wanted to finish up with in our conversation is really talking about how we can, um, I guess, live a lifestyle that is transcendent. Rather than getting pulled into all these factions, political and otherwise, how do we live lives that are transcendent? We're we're being the salt mm. and the light, as opposed to being co-opted. You know, it's it's funny to me. I and we can play all kinds of games with this. <laughs> Thinking back to when I was big into Bible prophecy stuff, trying to figure out, you know, what is the the whore of Babylon? You know, and, and the truth of the matter is, we've been that whore. We really have wow. in the church in embracing whatever the political things are and allowing that to become front and center. So question now, how do we how do we break out of that and live lives that are that are transcendent and mm. kind of rise above the mm. muck and the mire? How, how do we mm. do that, Frank? Yeah, well, it's a great that's a great question. It's a great topic, and uh, I will quote Jacques Ellul, who's a great scholar of the 20th century. Politics is the church's worst problem. It is her constant temptation, the occasion of her greatest disasters, the trap continually set for her. By the prince of this world. Ooh, wow. And the fact of the matter is, wherever you are in the political spectrum, the political system is part of the world system, right? It's part of the world, and we are not to love the world. We're not to be en- enmeshed with the world. We're not to be sold out to the world. We're to come out of the world, come out of her. And Jesus, when he showed up on the scene, he had the political system in his day. The Sadducees, they were the equivalent of the progressive liberals, And the Pharisees were the equivalent of the conservative right. And Jesus gave them both fits, okay? (laughs) He he gave them apoplexy because he didn't fit into their mold. 
He transcended. He had another kingdom to bring. It was an alternative civilization that was outside the world system. And when the Christians came on the scene in the book of Acts and for the first 300 years, they were not enmeshed in government or politics. They were living their own life that was a light to the nations, that was a light to those around them. And their obsession was Christ, that he was alive and well. And so today, it's very easy for Christians to equate America with the kingdom of God. And so, you know, our blood pressure goes up when it has to do with the candidates and the policies and so forth, because that's where so many Christians' hope is. We have to get it right politically or else, you know, it's a mess. But if we have a kingdom mindset, I'm interested, if I meet you, not in your politics, I'm interested in what has Jesus Christ done and is doing in your life? Mm. How can I lock arms with you and learn more about the Lord through you? How can I find out how I can help you? How can we uh, advance the kingdom of God and reach lost people who unfortunately have the same talking points that the Christians do when we get into politics. I don't see a difference. I don't see a difference between conservatives who are non-Christian and conservatives who are Christian in the way they dialogue. And unfortunately, Christians should be leading the way in how we can talk to one another and how we can even talk to the world without, you know, entering into this vitriolic, hate-filled speech and have a conversation and listen, you know. Because that's really where the Spirit of God is found, is we listen to others, and we don't pull out the sword and cut their head off if we disagree with them. I shared this a few weeks ago. I remembered where Jesus uh, corrected the disciples, and one of them, he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. You remember the one who wanted to call down fire from heaven? There you go. (laughs) And that's where we are so many times, isn't it? We want Mm. fire to come down, and for... Whatever enemy (laughs) that we have chosen, whether it's a political enemy, uh, a business, whatever that is. Mm. And really what we've done is we've baptized our own desires, haven't we? This is not about his agenda. This is about our own human agenda. Tell us about how people can engage in some of the resources you have available now and what you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate that, Vince. Uh, I started a podcast in January of 2019, so it's been a year. It's called The Insurgents Podcast, and it's all about the kingdom of God. And we talk about politics. We talk about life. We talk about things like food. We talk about allegiances. It's really helped a lot of people, and they can find it on any podcast app, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, whatever. Uh, But I have a conversation partner, and oftentimes I have conversation partners who differ from me. And so we talk about areas where we agree and areas where we disagree, but we are all joined at the hip when it comes to advancing the kingdom of God. And so I have learned throughout life, Vince, and still learning this, that I can dialogue with someone who disagrees with me totally politically, yet if that person's heart is toward the kingdom of God and their allegiances to Jesus Christ, I can find a lot of common ground. Yep. You know? And I can learn from them and vice versa. See? And this is what God's people should be modeling. And it really has to do with the question of allegiance. But the Insurgents podcast and also the book we talk about on the podcast, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which you've talked about, probably my most important book. And if people are interested in what this thing called the Gospel of the Kingdom is, which was the central message of Jesus and the Apostles, 
I explore that in the book, and that would be probably be my most important contribution. And people can find it online on Amazon. Insurgents. There is an insurgence happening mm-hmm. amidst the bloodbath that we see in the political world <laughs> yes. that's penetrated the Christian family. People who are tired of all of it and are now looking at what is this thing called the kingdom of God and how do I live in it and how do I advance it? If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it. 